0: Turn with me in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11. Yay. I want to preach the word to you this morning. I have no opinion about it, except that it's true. So whatever we find in the word, we're going to say, that's true. Uh, I, I want to solve a tremendous challenge, a problem A question that's in front of all of us but especially the world and that would be this really big question about who is God and what does he want from me what is he doing and what does he want from me now you may say I got that one mastered probably not as much as we think but it's a big question to a lot of people and they wrestle with it how many of y'all know it's really comforting to know who God is and to be in your place with him. It's just amazing. So I'm going to say that God has been greatly misrepresented by his own children, the church. I would like to say it again, that God has been greatly misrepresented because we've got 10,000 versions of the Bible, right? We've got, uh, oh no, we don't have a Church Christ Bible in a and a, a Presbyterian Bible, and a Baptist Bible, and whatever. we got one word. How could we misrepresent all the way across the spectrum with just one word? It all reads the same. Different versions, but it all reads the same. How could we do that? I don't know. Probably religion, but it's certainly been done. Wouldn't y- would you all agree that the Lord is misrepresented? Well, I would. I'm going to say that uh, the one way he's misrepresented is uh, we're going to kick over some sacred cows, is the sovereign God that's in control. Now, that's the main religious sacred cow that's out there. God is in control. And you can't go two steps in any direction from that and go, well, then why do we do this and why don't we do that? Uh, it's, It's practically unquestioned in religious circles. If you say God is not in control, You are a pariah. You are you are a bad person. You we we fixing to come after you and do something bad. But then you think about it. Why? Why give? Why pray? Why be good? If God's in control, he's just going to fix everything at the end of the line. And, you know, we we talk about that all the time. Now, God is in control in heaven. How many of y'all know it's going to be his way and people that you don't like here, you're going to love there. You're going to be surprised they're there, but they're going to be surprised you're there. Hallelujah. So we're, 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 all, we're all going to be amazed. Another thing is, is that God answers all prayer, and how he answers all prayer is yes, no, and not now. now I was raised in church, so I know, I know I'm, I'm a witness to all these things because they were taught to me. Um, and then another uh, sacred cow that religion loves to tout, without without, without uh, backup, they, they can't prove it in the Word, is that you always have to give God a pass no matter what happens because even though it's bad and you don't like how it turned out, God knows best. How many of you all know they say God knows best? Discount the devil. We never factor him in. Just whatever happened was God. He allowed it. He made it happen. We never, we we never factor in the, they don't ever factor in the devil that says he's a bad devil and he messed up your life and and God didn't do this, but they say it anyway. Let me go on a little bit. Uh, uh, I heard this one myself in a funeral service. God has a different good than us believers do. So as obviously someone died before their season should have been. And so everybody's shipwrecked. They are all sad that... uh, this man is, is just gone. And uh, so to rectify that, to justify that, the, the pastor got up and said, well, God has a different good than you do. You don't think this is good, but he thinks this young man dying is good. And I'll tell you, I asked about it later. Everybody that was there heard it and witnessed did you hear that? Oh, he didn't say that. He didn't mean that. He's like, no, he said it. And he went over and over and over. So God doesn't have a different good than we do. Then uh, 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 God works in mysterious ways His wonders to perform. That kind of goes back to the secret life of God, that he lives in a plane that's above us and that he, does, he doesn't let us know. But I know that, uh, that when you were growing up in your house, you knew what was going on in the house. Way more, way more than any parent ever dreamed uh, Colin told me one time stuff that he knew that I thought nobody knew. And he's like, oh, yeah, we we heard it. We saw it. We snuck around. We opened the door. We we uh, you know, we 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 know everything you and mom said and did. And he proved it. He just start rattling off. and It's like, what? So we we know our business and 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 God's not conducting it different. He's got business, but he wants us to know about it. He wrote it down. It's not even hearsay. It's not even like, well, so-and-so said, and that's what we believe. No, he wrote it down so he can't be misquoted. He can be misrepresented, but not misquoted. So uh, uh, there's a lot of mis... You could go on and on and on. But uh, you never know what God's going to do. That's another one. You never know what God's going to do. Sure you do. He wrote it down. He said, this is what I'll do. You never know why people have the troubles they have. God just is in control. But the truth is, the Word says that you and I, listen, 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 our lives are composed of the words we speak, Melissa, and the seed we sow. There's other variables in there that that work that one way or the other, but the basics of it... Uh, the words we speak are really the seeds we sow. When we sow. When we speak, we're sowing our future. You know, Daddy died at 59 and I won't live a day past that. I tell you, you can, just, you can just go down a long list of people that said that and that's when they died. I mean, it's not even like that's controversial. No, it's be careful what you say. So our lives, you know, we, we were raised poor, we'll always be poor. And all that stuff. Well, cancer's in my family. I I know Debbie's dad said, he said, us Newcombs don't live past 86 or 7. We just don't. Well, guess what happened when he turned 86? He was gone. Coincidence. Of course it wasn't true. But I'm telling you, maybe you know people. It's all the time. Our words are our future. And whatever you and I are expecting to happen is absolutely on the way i said it's coming whatever you're expecting so you we we gotta adjust if you don't like what you're expecting you better adjust because there's no way to get around you and i you go well god's in control if he wants you to live to be there's a thing there in that religion that says it must not have been his time god's got a time for everybody to die that's just not in the bible it's not in the New Testament. If anything's in the Bible, it's in Psalm 91 where it says, with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. So he said, I, I, it's up to me. You go, I'll be living 120. No, you won't. You, nobody in here is interested in living that long. We love heaven too much. We, we know what's over there. So uh, let me just make a blanket big old in the middle of the road statement that you and I don't know anything about God except what's in the Bible or what Holy Spirit interprets in the Bible. The, your experience, you're uh, your, uh, hearing something that God did and uh, well, he, he, he killed them because of this and he, it's all wrong. You and I do not know anything. I said nothing except what's in here. There is no Book of Mormon, so to speak, that's an extra book to make a little commentary. There's no Jehovah Witness explanation thing that says we know better and God didn't get around to doing it all. There, we don't know anything except what's in the Word. Could, could we say amen to that? We know nothing. If we can't agree on that, then you're just open to everything. Anything that goes down, you can just say, well, that's because of this and because of that. But if you can't get it out of the Word, if you can't make it say it in the Word, then you don't know it. That's a basic tenet of faith here at River Church. is we say, no opinions, no traditions, no experiences. If it's not in the Word, we don't know it. And we're not going to live it. We're going to live what the Word says, and that is our standard for life. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And then he said, my word is truth. So he maybe Jesus is the word. I'd say he was. Amen. So uh, I would say that if uh, most of the church or a lot of the church or some of the church, however you like to do it, has misrepresented the word, it's because they don't know the word. So like we say at our house, they just make it up as they go. <laughs> they just make it up as they go. And I've told you the story about that woman in Seminole that that uh, got cancer, she was such a soul winner, and they said, well, God sent her to M.D. Henderson because she got all those people saved. And they made that a doctrine in our city. And it was irrefutable. Everybody believed it, except me. Hallelujah. Uh, so if you are with people that don't know the word, but they have a testimony, you have to know that, that uh, what happened really happened but the reason it happened is not what happened. God does not have two goods. A heavenly good that we can't understand, and then our good down here. We're having ice cream after supper tonight. That's, that's a good thing. No, there's one good. If it's not good for you, it's not good for God. I, I, am I plowing a little here, or, or, or what's going on here? And so we live, and I always have, but we live in an assenting generation. Assenting assenting is when you agree to something without the facts without the truth you just say okay i i believe you i assent to that and we've assented to a lot of things about god doesn't heal some people because it's not his will and he knows best and so those people are their prayers fail uh people that we love 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 and who we who pray 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 i've known them and yet they die they die uh at a They die of some disease and you go, well, that just proves that sometimes God this and sometimes God that. And it doesn't prove anything. It just means they did not for all that they did have. They didn't have a faith to be healed. You've seen broke people, just broke. Good Christians just broke, but never can put two nickels together. And you go, well, that just proves this or that that God's this and that. It doesn't prove anything. It's contrary to the word of God. It's against the word of God. So. We're always having to align ourselves, realign us against pressure and influence that comes from religion that tries to get us off, tries to justify what happened. Because this dear little woman in Seminole, she was a, a spark plug. She was a match burner. She just would, you know, she was just out getting souls won and just everything good. So they couldn't bear that God didn't save her. So they just made up something or something. And I've heard many stories and so have you. And uh, so an assenter is not someone that acts. Now, let's let's define the word. You and I only believe, we only believe, I believe this, we only believe what we do. If you're not doing it, then you don't believe it because we're all doing everything. You believe in savings? I believe we ought to save money. Guess what we can know about you? you got a savings account somewhere, right? And if you say, well, but I believe in it, but we don't have a savings account. Well, then, no, you don't. No, you don't. I mean, it's a good thing. It's a preference. It's what you want to do. It's what someday you're going to do. But you don't, you don't believe it. We only believe what we do. So if we don't give, we don't believe there's a reward, a justifiable reward to giving. I've had people come to me because I had more than they did as the pastor, and they didn't think that was right. And they said, I'm not giving my money to that church because he's got more than I do. As if there was some connection there. As if, as if. Well, that just happens all the time. But guess what happens? Because they didn't give because of some excuse, they remain poor. They remain in the devil's territory. So here we're going to go to another truth. It doesn't matter really much what you and I believe about stuff. It's going to happen like God believes. You, you're a pre-tribber. You believe we're going to go up in the rapture before the tribulation. We call you a pre-tribber. Or no, you're a post-tribber. You believe we're all the church is going through the tribulation, and we're all going to be seven years in it. There's lots of cases for that. I'll tell you, it doesn't matter what you and I believe about that. It's going to happen like he says it's going to happen. If that, and that's how it's going to happen. Well, I believe. Well, we don't care about what you believe. If it, whatever. The only thing that our believing does is it changes the way we act. If we believe it's this way, we're going to do it that way. So there is a danger to wrong believing, but it doesn't change heaven. Uh, I wrote down, uh, what else I write down? Uh, once saved, always saved. I believe in that. or I don't believe in that. I believe you didn't fall from grace. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's going to be like it is. I can tell you what I believe. You know what I believe, but it doesn't matter. So don't, don't separate yourself from other people. Don't get mad at God. Don't, don't make rash decisions based on what you believe that you can't prove because it is what it is. Oh, that went over good. I'm going to see what else is in here. Oh, what do you believe about pets in heaven? Now, you want to get someone cranked up, you tell them that, that uh, Fiji or, or Tutu is not going to heaven. And all of a sudden, the battle axe comes out, and we're going to war because uh, Fufi is going to be in heaven. Well, it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter if I don't believe that. Uh, what about horses? What do you got to pet an alligator? God's going to translate your cobra to to heaven and put him there. Not when I'm in heaven, he's not. I can tell you, it won't be my heaven if you if your you know Fifi gets there. Me and my neighbor, uh, we both don't have dogs, but we. He's got a neighbor that's got a yapper. Don't, now, don't get your feelings hurt about dogs. I just don't like yappers. I don't think y'all like yappers either. But uh, So we just kid about uh, what he's going to do with that dog. Hallelujah. Because he's got a real strong opinion about it. Um, so pets in heaven, it doesn't matter what you believe. You'll be happy in heaven. If it takes Foofy to get there, Or if it doesn't require foofy, it it doesn't matter. Uh, What about uh, God? God understands when we sin. Now, that's a doctrine. Now, you know, I was raised this way and, and I had a hard life. And so God understands when I don't do what the word says. It doesn't matter what you believe about that. It is what he says. I can give you a hint. He doesn't understand. He understands us believing the word. I can't give because I'm poor. God understands. No, he doesn't understand. He made a way for you to get out of poverty and lack. So it's up to you and me. Uh, So I put down, it is and will be what God believes, not what you believe. Now, that, that doesn't count for everything. If you believe, you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Bless the Lord. That is the will of God. That is in the word of God. God believes it, and he will back it up when we believe it. So we're not talking about foofy here. We're talking about the... The, the, the kingdom of heaven. Um, uh, I like God because he's, he works with us. When we believe bodaciously and audaciously terrible things, and I have, I have. You know, all of our Christian lives, we're working through what we believe. I used to believe things that I don't believe now. So I'm glad he's patient and didn't hold that against me. I'm glad he said, ah, we're going to pay no attention to that. And you'll catch. I'll teach you. I'll chase you. I'll, I'll take care of you and everything. So here's two things. This is kind of a strange message this morning, but I want to straighten stuff up because where I'm going with the name of my message is, is, God is all you need him to be. Just so you'll know where I'm going. God is all I need him to be. So two things, two things that are needful for the kingdom of God to be successful. First of all, first of all is for believers who believe, believers that believe. I believe, uh, but you don't do it. You just like to tell people you don't do it. My, I, I had a mother-in-law. <laughs> I don't know if I can talk about them, those people. Oh, yeah, let's talk about it. She'd talk about me, so I'll talk about her. I don't eat no sugar. We don't. I'm pure. I don't eat sugar. I, I'm pure. I, I'm healthy. I don't eat sugar. Granny, do you want ice cream? We're going to Dairy Queen. Sure! (laughs) You believe what you do. And you're a work in progress, perhaps, about what you're believing, but if you don't do it, you don't believe it yet. Believing is when you become one with what you believe. And the word calls it a conviction. We'll let our preferences go, but we will not let our convictions go. And any conviction that you think you have that you're willing to let go if the reward over here or the punishment over here gets big enough. It's not a conviction. It's a deeply held preference. You prefer to go to heaven. But I'm absolutely positive, and you can't talk me out of me going to heaven. How about you? So that's the difference. So we need, the kingdom needs, the kingdom requires for the kingdom to advance, here at River Church or anywhere else, the kingdom requires believers that believe. So we're hammering it here at River Church all the time. The Lord is going to require you of what you shared with your kinfolks, your babies, your friends. You're required to share the truth. I'm required to hear this morning to not shellack it, not to, to, to rub it down, to tell the truth. And then what everybody wants to do with it is not on me. It's on... Each one of us. So, first of all, we've got to have believers that believe. You go, well, that's obvious. Everybody knows that. <laughs> no, they don't. They're talking about people that the kingdom needs, people that go to church. The second thing the world, the kingdom needs, and now listen to this, is to see believers that believe. In other words, the believers have to demonstrate so that the world sees you. If you want to change the kingdom, that's what you're working on. That's what you want your life to count for. You want to be somebody that made your life count. Two things. First of all, you got to be a believer that believes. And number two, you've got to put what you believe in front of people. It's not enough to say, I believe. But then you don't, you don't demonstrate it. We've got to demonstrate it. We've got to lay hands on the sick. We've got to speak to the mountains we got to sow our seed. we got to, having done all the stand, we just stand there for. It. You go, that's a hard life. Well, it is the life. It is the life that has an exceeding reward. I want to share that with you in Hebrews chapter 11. Are you there? Hebrews chapter 11. Look in verse 6. Now, there's a long discourse in verses 1 through 5 about faith, and, but we just don't have time to go there. So we'll just pick it up in verse 6, and you read it on your own time. Let's read it together. I'm in the King James, and y'all do the best you can. Ready, read. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, that was in your Bible. I heard you read it. That was in your Bible, that this is what God says about the truth. That's what he says about the kingdom. That's what he says about the rules of order. He, he said, I, I, I had a, I'm I, the boss and I can set the rules. So way back then he decided how the rules would be set but then once he set them he said, I won't change them. No hanky panky, hokey pokey. He, he said, I, it was me in charge to make any rule I want but once I say in my word, once I write it down there is no going back. There's no change. And I will, I will cease to exist when my word is failure, faulty, not correct, because he said him and his word are one. So if we say that a man's word is no good, then we could point to God and say, if, you, if your word is no good, then you're no good. If a man's word is no good, he's no good, well, then we could say that about God. And God is very jealous about his reputation. And besides, he can't be something he's not. It's not like he puts it on and says, well, let's, let's have a little meeting this morning, Holy Ghost and Jesus, and decide what we're going to do today. Are we going to stand on the truth today? Yeah, this is Tuesday. We always stand on the word on Tuesday. No, it's who they are. It's who he is. It's who he is. And there's no option. If all he has in his toolbox are metric tools, and you go out and you want to work on something that's SAE, and you look in there and there's not a, 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 a all you got is metric tools, you're not going to undo that piece of equipment because you don't have it. Well, he doesn't have the, the the truth is in him, and there is no there is no untruth. Well, that's the way he created you and me, is to be pure, to be singular. He talks about if your eye be single, if it's full of light. So the word here in verse six, we're going to look a little bit here. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. The word impossible there is actually or literally also translated powerless or impotent. Impotent means to be without power. So he's saying here that without faith, we are powerless to please God. We are powerless. We are impotent to please God. We cannot. One version says that that he cannot be satisfied without faith. Now, think about this. Think about this. Based on that God cannot be satisfied without faith. God cannot be satisfied without faith. Then no sinner has ever satisfied God. And you go, wow! There's, how about the people that started the Red Cross, and how about the people that that pick that uh, soup kitchen, and how about people that 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 are missionaries and give and almost die and everything? Well, they wouldn't be sinners, but but secular people. You go, the end would justify God being satisfied because they did a great work. He's not satisfied without faith. Now we've got to be believers that believe. That says there's no gray room in there where you don't have to have faith, but you gotta be really zealous, you gotta be real committed, you gotta have a lot of follow-through, you gotta have a compassion for people, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. Nope. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, to satisfy God. So that would bring us to this place that you go, okay, we get the sinner thing, but no saint has ever satisfied God that operates, like we just talked about, missionaries, red cloths, cross and everything. If you've never operated by faith, but you're a believer, then you and I also have not satisfied God. Well, that takes you to the, the, the conveyor belt like you see at the airport where you're, you put your purse in there and it comes out and your shoes and all that. That's what happens in a sense about our rewards. You put your life's work on the conveyor belt, Everything you've are, everything you said, every motive, every, everything. And it goes through there, and all of a sudden there's a fire. <laughs> and you go, what, what was that? He said, well, we're getting rid of the wood, hay, and stubble. Everything that comes out will be something that you'll get a reward from. And, you know, a little, a little pea-sized thing rolls out the end. It's like, what's that? Well, that's your reward. But I worked all my life. I, I gave myself selflessly. Well, you didn't have faith. You didn't engage faith. You go, well, that doesn't seem fair. I, I, he wrote the book. It's his rules. You don't like the rules, just go to hell. Because <laughs> uh, I think if you're good enough, you, God will have mercy on you. If you're just good enough. Nope. If you don't have Jesus, you don't go. Well, that's not fair. It, it doesn't matter what you believe. It's what he believes. Well, I think. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what you think. It's what you know. It's what you believe that matters. So uh, let's look at this verse 6 here. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Let's say that together. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Now I looked that up in, in... dozens of translations, and I could get nothing except believe that he is real or believe that he exists. And one said uh, that just believe that there is a God. And I was unsatisfied with that. I, that just didn't seem right that, that first of all, God would require you to believe that he is. That'd be enough. And then I found this scripture in James 2.19. You all know the scripture. It says, you say hey, you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you, even the demons believe, and they tremble in terror. Oh, whoops, just believe there's a God. Well, devils believe there's a God. They've been whooped from pillar to post by the Lord Jesus. They they know a thing or two, but we wouldn't say they were pleasing God. So what is it that, for they that come to God must believe that he is? What 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 is that believe that he is? What does that mean? It means... Must believe that he is who he says he is. Not that he just exists or that he's real. Must believe that he is who he says he is. Wow, that's, that's a, a long ways apart from just believing that he is. So believes that you have to believe. I'm a believer. I believe everything that he says is true. Oh, well, that makes more sense in Hebrews 11, 6 than just believe that he exists. So uh, that means I also have to believe, if I believe what that I believe that God is who he says he is, then I have to believe that I am who he says I am. Oh my, that's a little, that's different. I want to just say, I'm just an old worm, just saved by grace, I'm just... Not worthy, I'm filthy rags and all that. That's not what the Word says. Well, that's what I want to believe. Well, then you don't believe that he is who he says he is because you don't believe you are who he says he is. And then there's the devil. Let's just take it one more chapter. You've got to believe the devil is who he says he is. Do you all know there's a lot of conjecture and opinion about who the devil is and what he can do and all that? Ah, the Word's clear. The Word's plain. The Word is crystal about who the devil is. I just don't believe that. It doesn't matter what you and I believe. I'm a believer that believes, and the way I believe is I look in the Word and says, well, that's what God says. I believe it. And I order my life, I, I, I sanction my life according to what he says I should believe I believe. Oh, that's a lot of difference in he who comes to God must believe that he exists or that he's real. I must believe what he says, that who he is, who he says I am, and who the devil is, among other things. But we'll just keep it on that. So uh, let's, let's read on in verse 6. For without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and. I looked up that word and to see if it's really in the Greek, and it really is. Uh, it means other words, though. But let's just pretend it's that's the word and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, if I believe that he is, I have to believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Wouldn't I have to believe that? Because that's what the word says, that he rewards them that diligently seek him. Well, I believe that. I believe that. Yeah, right. Well, are you diligently seeking him? Well, not so much. I can, I will, I want to, and everything, but not really, no, not really diligently. If you throw that word out, I do seek him. I like, hey, hey Lord, going to work. Versus diligently seeking him. There's that word diligently throws something into there that says it's different. So if now listen, 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 we've got to get this. This is important. That this, this this will this will put a jump in your in your jumper. About what the Lord, who the Lord is. We said that at the beginning, who is God? Well, we, we need to define him. So if if I say I believe that he is who he says he is, who he says I am, who the devil says he, who he says the devil is, and that he's a rewarder. Well, how many of y'all know God's rewards would be worthy of pursuit? I mean, you're going after a reward financially or a reward to get your kid in the kindergarten. There's 48. People that applied in only 20 spaces, You're, you, you, we're on it. We're in there. We're, we're using our faith for things. But he said, seeks me, who diligently seeks me. I will reward them. Do I believe that? Well, sure. Well, sure. Well, then do you diligently seek him? Ooh, not so much. Well, then you don't believe that. Did you make that? No condemnation. We're not talking about bad people, good people here. We're talking about honing and sharpening our existence every day we have before the Lord breaks the sky open and comes and gets us, and that we can say, I, 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 I want an attaboy. I want the Lord to give me an attaboy, not based on comparing me to him or her or whatever, but just on the mark, the, the assignment on my life. What did he tell Michael Billings to do? Well, I did it. But now, I didn't do what Barry Smith was supposed to do. I didn't do it. And the Lord said, that's okay. I didn't, I didn't want you doing his stuff. So it's okay. It's personal. So we're not competing. I'm not competing with anybody. I prove my believing by seeking him. Isn't that what Hebrews eleven six 6 says? That I prove, I prove, I justify my believing How's that? Well, I got to believe he is who he says he is. And he said, I am. Who are you, Lord? I am a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. That's who I am. He said, that's who I am. So we go, well, I believe that, Lord. Well, then what's the response? I better get my giddy up on and start diligently seeking him because him being a rewarder of me is better than anything I could do to reward myself. So we could go to Matthew six thirty three, where the Lord Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. So I'm believing God is who he says he is and that his word is true. So he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That means his way of doing and all these things. What are all these things? Well, you go up two verses and he says everything the Gentiles look after, everything they need, he says, you need them too. I'm so glad y'all found the toothpaste this morning. Hallelujah. Because we all needed it. So, he said, and all these things will be added unto you. I believe that. Well, how do you believe that? Do you seek first the kingdom, Michael? Do you seek first the kingdom? Ooh. I've been guilty of uh, of pressing into maybe a political situation where you, not political party, but where you, you try to butter somebody up to, Decide in your behalf or seek a job that, you know, is really a compromise for you and your calling. But it would be this and it would pay that and it would do this. Uh, It doesn't matter how much money you have. You can't have a convenience store in this earth because they sell beer and cigarettes. Now, it doesn't matter about those. It's just that you can't be in charge of it. You can't own one. Would you all agree with me on that? No strip joints. No drug houses. You, that's, so, so we're limited in that, so we're limited in everything. So uh, I wrote down, the Bible testifies that whatever you need, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things you need will be added unto you, that what you need, he is. He said, I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. Rewarder. What is the reward? Well, it's what I need. I need a nice car. Would you all agree the kingdom of God supplies a nice vehicle, a paid for house? Would that be on his list of things that you need? Or do you need to make the mortgage every month forever? Or do you need to to whatever, whatever, whatever we're all been involved in? You go, well, I couldn't help it. And I didn't know back then. That's right. But now we diligently seek him because he says, that's who I am. I'm a rewarder. If you believe that, seek me versus Working a deal over here and working a situation over there. Seek me. I got the answer. What is the answer? All these things that they have that you need, I will be your need meter. That changes the focus. That changes the the direction we look. Instead of having a broad uh, uh, look, all of a sudden we begin to focus in and say, the kingdom of God is all I'm looking at. If it's not there, I don't want it, don't need it. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth you know will set you free. Let's just get liberated this morning. Let's just think right. Let's just think according to heaven, because it won't be different than that. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. I'm just about done. Just about being the operative word. So God is all I need him to be. That's the title of my message. God is all you need him to be. Because he said, I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. So he, he's got it all. You know, what, what does God say? We're, we've got that backordered. Can't, you can't have that this month because we just don't have one. He's got everything. And, and what he said, if you'll seek me first, which is the same thing as Hebrews eleven six, 6, seek me first, search for me diligently, He said, all these things, worldly things, not just like, I'll give you 14 Bibles, and I'll give you two concordances, and I'll give you some wall uh, uh, plaques of precious moments with their hands folded. That's the Jesus reward. I was so glad that we quit exchanging gifts with my brothers because they thought that I was precious moments on the wall and... And God is good on the wall. I mean, our walls were already full of good stuff. And so one day we, we said, no more no more gifts. Y'all don't know who we are. That's not what Holy Spirit's after. He wants to give you a new car. I don't know about that. Well, that's because you haven't been diligently seeking him. Because if you diligently were seek him, that's what would show up. A paid-for house, I don't know about that. That's because you hadn't been diligently seeking him. The word says in Deuteronomy that he wants you to have goodly houses and goodly things in your houses. I don't know if I believe that. Well, you'll do without. That's all. You'll still live. You'll go to heaven. Everything's fine. God's cool. But you won't have that. I don't know about that. Well, that only comes out of the mouth of someone that's not really a believer. They, They, well, you know what I mean. Where am I? Romans 8, 31. Let's get this going here this is, hey, by the way, this is a real good word. This is a real good word the Lord gave me. What shall we, verse 31, what shall we say to these things? Look, 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 if God be for us, if God be for me, who can be against me? Boy, you ought to have that on your refrigerator. He that spared not his own son. In other words, he who paid the whole price, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely, freely give us the little things? All things. Who shall say anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. That word charge is the word accuse. Verse 34, who, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who is also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Good question. Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written. Boy, we like those. For for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. This is where the as it is written goes, Nay, in all things, all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved me. Well, I don't know if he loves me. Well, you hadn't sought first the kingdom. You hadn't been diligent. You hadn't... You haven't, because if you find it in the Word, if you will diligently search, you will find the truth in the Word. And you don't care about Cousin Sue and and Aunt Melda and uh, what all that stuff. You'll get it in the Word, and that will make you a a believer that does what you believe. And he went on there. You thought I was finished? I'm not quite finished. Uh, Verse 37. Yeah, verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. No fear here is what we would say. No fear here. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. So God's on our side. He's way on our side. If you're a believer, he's on your side. He is... He's pushing everything. They say a cockroach can get through a quarter of an inch space into your house. I can tell you the love of God can get in smaller than that. If you're a believer, if you're a member of the body of Christ, if, if, uh, if you're in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is way, way for you. He loves the church. Don't pay any attention to about all the nasty churches and the unbelieving churches and everything. It doesn't matter. He loved us when we didn't do so good. He loves the church. He loves everyone in the church. The church is the, is the vehicle that the kingdom of God runs on. I'm in it. I said, I'm in the church. I am the church. Are you the church? Of course you are. We're his body. So the Holy Spirit is directing our lives. Turn here. Turn there. Stop. Go. Go. In order to intervene in your life, that old religious thing that says, "God knows where I am, if he wants to bless me, let him find me. I'm, he knows where I am. That's just not the way it works. You, you think somebody that's in bed this morning that's just well, I don't know if I can go all those places, but anyway, is not seeking God. You think he's got a chance to get what you're going to get? Because I'm coming to church is diligently seeking Him. If it's not duty, if it's not rote religion, it is seeking him. I come, I love church. Not because I'm up here. I love church. Every part of it I always have. Because I get something out of church. It's a window, it's a room, it's a hall that you go in and the atmosphere is charged with revelation, which is all we have to have to, to succeed. You don't need a rich, uh, rich uncle. You don't need uh, an amazing singing voice. You just need revelation. Because when you see it, You can seize it. And if you don't see it, it doesn't matter if it's all right in front of you. You know how it is in Carlsbad Caverns when they turn off the lights. (laughs) It's like space. There's nothing to be seen. Well, that's the way it is without revelation. Now, I like this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I like this. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The reason I like that is because I can do it. It's in it's in my grasp. If he said walk on hot glass, I'm no. If he if he says do without, I want you to do without this or that for. No, it'd be hard. But this is something I can do. I can adjust. I, I'm in charge of my life. I'm the captain of my ship. I can adjust my life to what I'm seeking, what I'm looking to, what I'm expecting, what I'm what I'm. Asking for I can adjust that and shift it over here to seek first the kingdom He didn't even say that's all you would seek But it said do it first and the reason he said that is because if you do that you won't have need of anything else I can do it. So next is will I do it. I will do it. I Will do it now that I know the truth is so easy I will do it. Why look for anything else if you believe this so when we look for something else we just don't believe it yay So God is everything you need him to be. I'm talking about everything. You got some debt? He's the answer. Wow, I don't know how that could happen. I don't have this, and there's no way for that, right? That's kind of where he likes it. That way you're you're not saying, well, it would have happened anyway. You got a condition? Let me tell you, just about everybody has or has had a condition of some kind. There's nobody immune to it. There's nobody. You know, I told you all the story when I was 40. I thought I was in faith and I was just young. When you're 40, you're immortal. You, nothing, nothing can touch you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just, let's just bow our heads for a moment. And let's adjust. Let's just adjust. Whatever it takes, I'm adjusting. Because it seems like seeking the world is futile according to these scriptures. It seems like it's just a waste of life if you're a believer. So, Lord, we ask you, Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us adjust. We don't have to give up anything. You're not asking us to give up anything that's fun, that's enjoyable, that's satisfying. You're just asking us to seek you about all of it and stuff that, that, that you want us to have. Gosh, you're in. You're not mean. You're not narrow. Everything the world desires is what you want us to have. So I adjust right now in Jesus' name. It is the goodness of God that leadeth men to change. So, Lord, we let your goodness come in. Who can separate us from your goodness? Nothing. So we allow, I give place to the goodness of God to, to change my mind and to not be fearful about what it means I'd have to give up or that I'd have to do. I, I, just We throw that off. It'll be good. Everything the Lord calls you to do will be good. It'll be better. In Jesus' name, we take it. So we change this morning. River Church changes. We're going to open our sails into the wind, and we're going to move from faith to faith, and glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? That's what we say. Isn't Jesus wonderful? About the time you think you've tapped him out, you had not done nothing. There's so much more of him. So, would you have some things that we're not going to, but you could stand up and say, based on what I just heard in my heart, whatever that was, I now have this. I have a paid-for car, for instance, or I... This debt's paid off in Jesus' name. In other words, he's the answer for everything. I tell you what it'll do, it'll just take a lot of stuff out of your head worrying about how that's going to happen. We worry about stuff that we shouldn't worry about. But we, we stop it in Jesus' name. So I bless you, River Church. I bless you that's online. That your today and your tomorrow and after that is changed because Jesus is good to you. And wants you to have all his goodness. And that you would diligently seek him. And he would show you all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.